Welcome to Digital CEO. I'm your host, Beck Sadik. I'm a network marketing top earner and total digital marketing nerd. I built my network marketing business to the top using proven social media strategies. And it is my passion to share these strategies with you, today's digital CEO. Tune in each week for social media tips, strategies, and interviews with top leaders. Together, let's up-level the way network marketers do business online. What's up? What's up? All right, guys, today we're going to be talking about a controversial topic, kind of, which is in network marketing, should you be serving or should you be selling? And to join me to have this conversation today, I have a network marketing veteran, 15 years in network marketing, my friend Veronica Hansen. Veronica and I were actually just introduced to each other by a mutual friend, somebody that I highly respect and I know that you highly respect. And I've already you know, been digging in a little bit to what Veronica does and I'm totally blown away. So I want to dive into this topic today of, you know, should you be serving or should you be selling? But before we do that, Veronica, I'd love it if you would just introduce yourself and let my listeners know a little bit about you and how it is that you found network marketing and what that journey has been like for you. Absolutely. I'm so excited to be here. This is so exciting getting to be on a podcast. So I'm Veronica Hansen and I feel like I grew up with network marketing, but I didn't do it on purpose. I started when I was 19 years old because I was a broke college student who in the one year that I was legally able to get credit cards, I went from having no credit cards to having 24 and $17,000 worth of credit card debt. And when I found network marketing, the lady was talking all about money and how I could make a lot of money. And that was super appealing to me being in so much debt. So I signed up that's really all, all it was to it. I didn't do any research. I was like, I'm in this for the money. And it, and it worked. To be honest, it worked. You know, I did get to pay off my credit card debt. It was super empowering. And then as you stay in network marketing, anyone who stays in for a long time, the reasons why you stay in change. They evolve. They move with you. And being with the same company for 15 years, I have grown a lot. And I don't want to say I'm doing it better, but I'm doing it different than how I did in the beginning. And I'm super happy with all the evolutions that I've gone through. So I'm really excited to talk about this sales word that everyone thinks is super sketch. Like everyone's so sketched out about sales, but that's what we do. And I'm really excited to not make people afraid of the word sales. That's awesome. Yeah. I love what you just said about how the reason why you started in network marketing is no longer the reason why you still do it. Um, I feel the same way. So I don't know if I told you this, but I've been in network marketing for 10 years. And I think that there's such an evolution that happens to you just as a human being from being in this industry. And we were talking a little bit before we jumped on here and same thing, like the incentives and the prizes and all of that, it used to fuel me and motivate me. and And if that fuels and motivates you, that's awesome. But I think the coolest part about this industry is how you grow and evolve as as a person and the people who stick with it, they really do stay for totally different reasons than they join. So I love that. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, imagine all the different ways that you're different from the time that you're 19 years old to 35. Like I have grown up and changed in every way possible. So I'm glad that the industry was able to have that growth happen with me and, 
and it wasn't, you know, there's no ageism in network marketing. There's no like, oh, you, you know, you don't fit in here anymore. You just continue to grow. So I love that. So true. So true. Okay. So you let's, let's dive into the, to selling versus sharing. So I love how you said there's no reason to be scared of the word sell, right? Like a lot of people say like sell isn't a four letter word, right? I personally think sales are sexy. Um, I love selling. I love talking about selling. So, but there's definitely some negative thoughts around sales in the network marketing industry. And I think it's being taught by a lot of gurus that we should be afraid of selling and we're just sharing, right? We're just, you know, serving. So tell me what your thoughts are on this as, you know, somebody who's grown up in this industry and clearly has sold a lot of stuff. Yeah, I've sold a lot of stuff. Here's the thing is this is an empty phrase to say that you have to serve more and the sales will come just like how the whole industry hides behind everything has to be your passion. I guarantee you no network marketer's passion is paperwork. You know, like we are not in this to do the nitty gritty. So just like saying passion is going to make your business go through, serving is going to make your business go through. Those are not going to make the business. The sales make the business. Like literally, if you think about any business, Safeway is not going to be in business if no product is going out the door. So to to say that we just have to serve more, it's not that we don't want to serve. Absolutely. All of us believe that the products that we provide or, you know, there is some network marketing that it is technically a service, but like the thing that we are selling provides value to people. We wouldn't be doing this if we didn't believe that it provided value. But when you give women this out, that they can do these non-money producing activities and somehow magically their business will be successful, that's, that is not the way. Women already are afraid and disempowered to speak up about their businesses. So we have to focus on how do you make your first dollar? come to network marketing and let's get you your first dollar. Let's sell an item so that you know how and then duplicate that process. And that is not about serving, serving, serving for months at a time and not earning any income. If you're in network marketing for months at a time and you haven't earned any income, you have done it wrong. Somebody did not teach you how to sell the item that you are there to sell. So true. So what do you think it does to, you know, somebody who's brand new in this business? Like, what do you think it does to them mentally when you're like, just go serve, you're not in sales, right? Just go share, you're not in sales. Like what, what impact do you think that has somebody mentally on how they, you know, approach their business? I mean, it's absolutely going to kill their confidence because they are just stepping out. They're already stepping out on faith by starting the business. And then you're just asking them to like basically hold their breath. And all of us know the people that we have join our teams have other people surrounding them that are giving them negative messages. And if they don't sell something immediately and they're spending months serving and just like drinking the Kool-Aid, they look like a crazy person to the people in their circle, right? Their spouse is going to be like, how come you spend six hours a day trying to do a business where you haven't earned a dollar? What's going on here? So immediately there's going to be discouragement and they're less likely to be retained. And here's the thing. 
we want to retain these people. We, this is not just like a purely selfish motive. We want to retain them for years so that they can be successful for themselves. And it doesn't help us if they get discouraged and then everyone around them sees that discouragement for months. It has to be sell something that first week, sell it, sell it, sell it. If they're investing too much time and knowledge and I don't know, it's kind of like a cesspool. It's just like circling the drain if they don't sell something. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I, I agree with you. I've seen the confidence go up in people so fast when they get a sale right out of the gate, right? Like it changes everything. So I, I'm with you. I always like my strategy for my team is get them into profit profit immediately, right? Like the faster we can get people into profit, the more confident they're going to be, the longer they're going to stick around and the more likely they are to build a long-term successful business, which in my opinion is what this industry is all about, right? Yeah. I mean, otherwise they're wasting a lot of time, like bettering themselves, but not doing the thing they came to do, Yes, which is make money and, and- teach their families. For sure. And you really learn and better yourself through the process of taking action, right? It's not through the process of reading your 18th self-development book. That it has its place, right? It's not through the process of li- listening to your 18th podcast. Also has its place. Like, you know, personal self-development, I think, is a huge part of this industry. But we can't deny the fact that it's built upon you being able to sell something. Yeah. And I think part of the negative connotation about a salesperson is, has always been so silly to me because I always take everything back and say, let's look at Safeway (laughs) because I live really, really near a Safeway back in America. And here's the thing about Safeway. Even if you're working in the accounting department at Safeway, or even if you're the assistant to a vice president at Safeway and you have nothing to do with the selling of the product at Safeway, you better be in sales. You better want Safeway to succeed because otherwise you don't have a job. Everybody has to be in sales. So I never understood this like industry-wide hatred for the word sales because that's where everyone's paycheck comes from. What do they think? Where do they think the money comes from? So I don't understand the dirtiness and the scariness of the of the sales process because that is literally every business. Why are we allowed to promote something that we saw on Amazon that we love, but we're not allowed to promote a product that we are the representative of? It makes yeah. no sense to me. It doesn't make any sense. And I think it was probably, you know, it, it was probably created like this whole idea of serving and sharing, right? It was probably created because this industry can bring with it some negative connotations of its own. And people were probably being shamed into feeling like crap about the fact that they were selling something. So rather than just addressing that head on and saying, yes, I am selling something. Everything is sales. You're selling something, right? We've gone through through this kind of like backdoor path of being like, let's train people to be brainwashed into thinking that this isn't a sales business, right? This is a... Serving business. Yeah. And I think that's crazy. I mean, women serve all day long and we don't get paid for it. We serve our children. We serve our communities. We serve our homes. We serve our partners. We serve all day long. And this has to be something that you, you behave differently about because you should be excited about it. This is not serving your home by mopping the floor. This is 
This is exciting. It's fun. It is life changing when you get good at sales. And when you get good at sales, then you can train other people to be empowered and be good at sales. But serving, yeah, I think that's just the wrong vibe. And a lot of coaches are doing that, talking about that. It sounds really good. I don't get me wrong. I totally know it sounds good. Like, cause then you, it feels like you're not doing something quote unquote wrong, but. But I mean, sales is wrong, right? It's not, it's yeah. not. I mean, it is not wrong. And, and I don't want women to be confused about what they're doing here because we already have a high enough failure rate of women who, who join and never open their mouth. Not one time. They never open their mouth about their business and a closed mouth is a closed business. So we have to get them opening their mouth, being proud of what they do instead of shameful. So good. I love that. So what are some tips that you can give women to embrace selling? You know, like, let's say that there's, there's people listening right now, and I'm sure there are, because like you said, it's something that's being taught industry-wide, right? That are, you know, feel some shame around selling or they're, you know, embarrassed about it or whatever it might be. So they're not showing up and doing the things that they need to do to grow their business. Um, what are some things they can do to get into action and really start embracing it? Yeah, absolutely. I want to give everyone a little light at the end of the tunnel of the nervousness is that when you get into a period where you have good sales, you no longer care about the opinions that you currently care about. Are you laughing? Because you're like, yeah. I mean, right (laughs) now, if you are struggling with sales and the sales that you're doing are not high enough to your own expectations or what have you, you take on the judgment of other people and you are ashamed. But I just want you to know at the end of that tunnel, when you are successful and other people are judging you at that point, you don't care. You just truly do not care. So the hardest thing to do is that first sale. It is honestly, it's as logistically complicated as how do they log onto your website? How do you take the money? How do you speak to them about the product? How do you take them from buying one product to buying multiple products? Those logistics of that very first sale are the hardest it will ever be. Once you rip the bandaid off, it is a floodgate. And the thing about it is the majority of people who fail in this business It is not that they fail because they only get a little bit of sales. That happens for sure. But the vast majority of people who fail in this business never get a single sale. Mm. That's the problem. That's where we need to break it down because it's not, once you know how to do it, once you are in the action motion, it can be replicated, but the first one is the hardest. And as far as I coach my team, I always try to say, do not go for the sale to people initially that if they say no, that you'll quit your business. You have to go to the fringe people, the the people that's the neighbor of your hairdresser, the people that you kind of know, but don't really know. And you will not absolutely shut down mentally and emotionally if they say no, Mm -hmm. because then once you get that first sale, you can continue on and the confidence gets built and then, and then you're a salesperson and that's great. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. The other thing I was just thinking about Veronica is it's also how we talk is who we attract, right? So if you are attracting a lot of people that feel like sales is dirty or say, Oh, well, I'm a bad salesperson. Right. And then you're saying, 
don't worry. This isn't sales, right? It's serving or this isn't sales, it's sharing. And you're wondering why you have a ton of people joining your team that don't ever take action, right? That just want to like be in their little comfy little serving bubble. This could be a massive reason why you're not attracting people that go out there and get it done. So I think part of what we need to really address here too with this conversation is who do you want to attract, right? For me, I don't want to attract people that are scared of the word selling, think the word selling is dirty, think it's absolutely impossible for them to do a business that, you know, is around sales. I want to attract people who fully embrace that and say, you know what, I might not think I'm a great salesperson, but I'm willing to learn how. And I think also we as a society understand what sales is. We don't understand what it means to make money by serving, right? Oh yeah. A hundred percent. All the things you just said, you attract what you put out there a hundred percent. So you notice that, I mean, I noticed that within my organization, I have certain leaders who the sisterhood is the most important part of that, of their business. And that's not to discourage that if sisterhood and community is, is what you seek. That is amazing. We have a lot of that within this community, but just know that that's what you're going to attract. If that's what you love and that's what you want to cultivate, that is what will come. And that is so true within my team. The people who are incredibly logical thinkers who are very like, I'm not ashamed to talk about money. I'm not ashamed to talk about sales. They're the ones that attract the people who do that. Mm. And the people who are about the sisterhood and like, let's go to the water park on the weekend. They're going to attract that. All are equally valid, but I think industry-wide, I think we can all agree that majority of people who come to this industry are interested in making money and we don't want to make it so that the money is the scary thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, I, I, I'm loving this conversation, right? Because like another big thing that is really important to me too is kind of getting rid of some of those preconceived notions about what network marketing is. And I think that there's a lot of people that think that there's something deceptive about it or manipulative about it. And I think the language that we use when we describe what we do is really important about when it comes to breaking that stigma. You know, so if we're saying, oh, you don't have to sell, you just have to serve, like that's false. Yeah. It's false. We already have enough uphill battles to climb with right. the industry that we're in. We want to be as authentic and transparent as possible. So I've always tried to you know, explain the business like you're explaining it to a four-year-old. My kids understand the business. They are seven and nine, you know, even though they don't know the product line that I carry, that's fine. But they understand that mommy sells things. Mm -hmm. And so like when I'm on a live video, they'll be in the background, like buy things for my mommy, because that's how we live. That is not shameful. That is how we live because people buy things. So we want to make sure that that is at the forefront instead of hidden. Absolutely. I love that, by the way. My kids are uh, six and nine. Yeah. Yeah. And they know, right? They they know know. what mommy does. They know. Yes. A hundred percent. This is not a secret. I love it when kids are participants in our business. They'll be the one that's like, mommy, you did not tell her about your business right then. And it's like, yeah, I know that's because mommy hasn't showered in two days and I didn't want to talk about my business right now. <laughs> I love kids have no shame. No, they don't. But it is such an awesome industry to raise kids in. I think that yeah. they learn so, so much from it. And speaking of which, like you're okay. So you guys don't get to see what I'm seeing right now because this is all audio. This <laughs> girl right here is living the life. She is 
recording this video with me right now from the Dominican Republic where she's been living with her family since November in this gorgeous house that I'm staring at. And that's kind of like the beauty of this industry, right? Is that, you know, location freedom thing. So you don't have to go into too much detail about that, Veronica, but I'm just like, so like, I don't, I'm so inspired by the way that you're living. So tell us a little bit about what your family has been up to. Yeah, I would love to. Here's the thing is I have been in this industry so long. It's really hard to teach an old dog new tricks. And the way that my actual network marketing business worked is we did in-home parties. And so we physic, I would physically go into someone's house. I have inventory. I bring it. I do a presentation and I made money. And then COVID happened. And when you are somebody who has made a lot of money over a lot of years doing a very specific formula of going into people's homes, I was scared at the beginning of COVID because unlike other people who have, you know, a day job or something, this is my money. So I was definitely nervous about how we could pivot and thank goodness it worked. Like, honestly, at the beginning, I had no idea. I think none of us knew what the pandemic was going to bring, but I started doing my, you know, my zoom parties and doing everything online and relying on my Facebook group and things like that. And after months and months and months and months of it being like that, we were like, dude, we haven't left our house. We could totally do this from any house anywhere in the world. Why does it have to be this house in Oregon? So we started looking and people, like I started to talk about it on Facebook and people would tag me and, you know, exotic locations and, oh, this, this country is doing a visa and you should go here. You should go there. And I, I, YouTube, you know how YouTube and Facebook know you very well. YouTube showed me an ad and YouTube was like, here's a school in this tropical destination that you might love. And so I looked at the school and I said, I love it. We're going to go there. So we found this amazing, super hippie school that's all about helping your kids love to learn. And so we just moved. We've never been to the Dominican Republic. We just couldn't be trapped on a computer anymore, like doing online virtual school. So we moved here with eight suitcases, four family members. It's my husband and my two kids and myself. And it's been amazing. It has been nothing short of amazing. I definitely held my breath when we moved here. Like, is this going to work? Is something about this not going to, you know, function? Um, but it's been great. Business has been amazing. I've just loved everything about it. And and what I want everyone to take away from that is not that everyone needs to go move to an island, but it is that if you have something that you want to do, whatever it is, you can probably do it. I know it's scary. Like all the things that you really want deep down that you're afraid to say out loud, they're scary, but you could totally do it. Start your organic farm or, you know, go off grid or, you know, move to a penthouse in New York. Like you can do all the things when you have the funds and the flexible lifestyle where you can move wherever. So that's my takeaway. That's, that's amazing. So I'm okay. So full disclosure. Okay. So part of the reason I'm so inspired by this is because me and my husband actually talked about doing something very similar back when COVID hit, like when do you have the opportunity, you know what I mean? To, to just get up and go somewhere. And we were throwing it back and forth. And at the end of the day, both of our kids have some learning stuff and really thrive in the school situation that they're in. So we decided against it, but 
our big, like, we're, we're just going to do it. COVID thing was we just actually built a pool in our backyard, which is amazing. And we made that decision last April and now it's done. They're actually doing the gas line for the heater today. And like, part of me is like, I wish I was on an Island. But then the other part of me is like, no, you know what? This is the really, really cool and special part about network marketing is that like, it, it does provide you these choices to just be like, you know what? Like, I don't, necessarily want to do it this way anymore. I'm going to do it that way. Oh my gosh. What an amazing thing. Pools are provide so much of an outlet, like having your own pool allows you to, you know, get your kids energy out in a way that's bigger and more fun than anything else. So I'm so excited that you were able to do that. That's a huge decision that people who are stuck in like the nine to five grind are not usually able to make. You know, not to downplay anyone's career, but they just usually don't get to make those big decisions. So I'm so glad you made your big decision during COVID. And I mean, that's a hard time. Everyone had a hard time. Parents had a hard time, but making those big decisions are going to make, you know, the COVID year seem worth it. Totally. Well, we were like really sitting there and thinking if this goes on for like another two years, we need a pool in this backyard because we're going to be spending a lot of time here. So I love it. I love it. All right. So last question for you. And this has been amazing. Veronica, I'm so glad that you were able to come on with me this morning is so the way we were sort of connected was through my friend, Don, who's been hanging out with you over on Clubhouse. And I know that you're using Clubhouse a lot. And I know that there's a lot of questions within the network marketing community right now. Like, should I be on Clubhouse? Is it worth it to be on Clubhouse? How should I be using Clubhouse? And before, Before you answer, because I really want to hear your answer, I just want to say that I think it's really important for people to understand that they don't have to be everywhere, right? Like you can choose your platform of choice and you can just like run that lane hard and you can succeed without being anywhere else, right? So don't feel like you have to be everywhere. But I do know that Clubhouse has been super effective for a lot of people and you're using it in a way that's been effective for you. So any tips that you can share? Absolutely. When it comes to social media, I think we have become obsessed with this word algorithms for so many years, like whether it's Instagram or Facebook or Snapchat or TikTok, it's all about these algorithms. And the reality of it is we don't get to control any of that. And so what I love that's different with Clubhouse versus any of the other social media platforms is you have to show up to make the connections. It's not a profile that you throw up there or a a static post that you throw up there that gains traction. You gain traction by showing up and being authentic. So I love that. And I also love that it allows you to niche down to serve your ideal person. You know, on on all the other platforms, I think it's kind of like, I'm here to serve a lot of people. And even if it's not your ideal client, you'll take them. But on Clubhouse, I mean, I talk a lot about minimalism, which I'm obsessed with. I talk about living as a nomad. I talk about other things that I'm passionate about in addition to my network marketing. And it makes me a whole complete person and people are attracted to that. So as Clubhouse evolves, it does take time to build over there, but I do see the value in in what they're building in terms of collaboration. I met Dawn, she's in network marketing, not in my business, in a different business. And we vibe so high together, you guys. Like I cheer for Dawn like she's on my own team. 
it is so amazing to connect with these people and, and a rising tide raises all ships. And so as you get new information and you learn and you make connections and collaborations over there, it makes you feel good. Honestly, it really makes you feel good in a way that other social media platforms just don't anymore. Um, so that's kind of what I have to say about Clubhouse. It does take time, but if you have time, if you have a kind of job where you can listen while you sit or what have you, totally valuable and worth your time to go hang out over there um, as they figure out what Clubhouse is really even going to happen. Like what's going to happen with it? We don't know. It's new. Yeah, I love that. That's really cool. I think that, you know, I've definitely like I, I went through a phase where I was all about Clubhouse and now I'm all not about it. But I, I, the value of it, I'm just being honest, you know, yeah. um, but the value of it that I really saw really quickly was the collaboration and the connections. Um, and I do think that is really valuable. Um, I actually have a bunch of Clubhouse invites that I have not used. So if you want one and you're listening to this and you want to be a part of that platform and you want to connect with Veronica over there, um, if you actually just shoot me a DM on Instagram and just say, you know, Clubhouse invite, um, I'll shoot you one. I think I have like five or six. So you've got to be one of the first, but send it my way. Now, Veronica, this has been so valuable and I'm sure people are like, well, how do I get to hang out with her again? So where's the best place for people to come and hang out with you? Um, the best place to hang out with me currently is Facebook. So I'm on Facebook backslash PR Veronica. Okay. my URL and I'll, I'll link that down in the show notes so people can. Okay. Awesome. And then clubhouse too. I run a group called MLM moms creating magic where it's literally just a club where we hang out with network marketing moms specifically because it's all about the niche down and hanging out with your community. And so we talk about being a mom and running a business from home and COVID and all the things that are currently a struggle, but we're super authentic and real. And like we talk about sales and money and things that are a little bit scary, but we're here for it. I love it. All right. I got to get in that community. Come join me in there. So what I'll do is I'll go and link down below um, your Facebook handle and your Facebook group. So people can come and find you over there. And then I'm sure they can link up with you in clubhouse along the way as well. But I want to thank you. This was such a good conversation. And I hope that what we did today was made women feel more confident in selling, you know, and being authentic about the fact that they are selling and that this is a sales industry as is every industry. So that's my hope for today. I want to thank you again for being here with us. And we will see you guys on the next episode. Thank you.